hear me. Скажи мне, американец, в чем сила? А вы что, собираетесь на ней жениться? Да. Ух, красота-то какая, лепота. Таможня дает добро. И вообще не называй меня, пожалуйста, Вероника. Кто я? От ныне русские земля единый быть. Hi, my name's Ali, and this is the Rus Files Unite podcast, where we watch Russian films and films with a Russian connection. As always, I'm joined by a guest, and today my guest is Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Good to have you on the show. Uh, Sarah, could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I am a visual artist uh, based in California. I do mainly watercolor paintings, uh, figurative and abstract. And I co-host a podcast with Joel and Aaron called Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space. Which, as the name suggests, is mainly a sci-fi podcast, but you also do fantasy as well, that's right? Yeah, it's a sci-fi fantasy one. And we do something similar where we watch a movie and discuss it afterwards. Cool. Um, well, this one actually kind of, um, the one we're watching today, kind of intersects the two, like, sci-fi and and art, but I'll kind of return to that um, a bit later, maybe. Um, so the film we're watching, we're watching today is called Aylita, Queen of Mars, and or just Aylita, I think was what it was just called in, in Russian and I think maybe they added the Queen of Mars bit to make it sound more exciting for like non-Russian audiences I'm totally making that up I have no idea um, but... <laughs> it sounds right to me I don't know yeah <laughs> yeah and I kind of want to pronounce it like Aylita Queen of Mars you know in a really melodramatic uh, like 1950s uh, sci-fi way but it's not 1950s sci-fi it's much older than that it's from the 1920s 1924 so which obviously means it's a silent film so it's the first yeah. silent film we're doing on here oh that's great <laughs> yeah I double-checked the date, and I was like, wait a minute, the 20s? Like, that's yeah. going to be really cool. Yeah. Well, let's let's hope so. Um, I haven't seen a ton of uh, silent films. Uh, how about you? Seen any? I've seen some. I've seen mostly comedies like Buster Keaton and Chaplin and some other, like, just the ones you hear about, like the trip to the moon and stuff like that. Sure. I mean, I think because it's, you know, when you say to somebody, let's watch a silent film, people are probably going to be like, uh, do we have to? But yeah, something like Keaton or, or Chaplin, because it's because it's visual comedy, you, you know, by definition, you you don't need the sound for it to work. So that may be why that's kind of lasted better. But something like... 
this where it's trying to tell a more like adventure type story you kind of think oh that's just so much easier to accomplish if you can have people talk to each other you know at any length so yeah. we'll have to see how it how it works and whether just the format is is just too uh, uh too weird but the reason i wanted to do this one specifically was that it's it's quite famous for its um uh, like its art direction or well sets and costumes as much as anything um um and it was it was meant to have been quite influential actually um uh, one of the films we've done before was uh, on a list that uh, the Calvert Journal did on best uh, Soviet sci-fis, and and um, the film we covered before was Through the Thorns to the Stars, and this this one was also on there. So, but I originally heard heard of it because my wife mentioned that she'd watched it during her um, her russian degree course and that it was kind of like one that i had to see because it was just really out there and and bizarre so yeah we'll have to see whether it lives up to its to its billing oh cool so in terms of like the films that you've seen uh for please don't send me into outer space are there any ones that you watched from there that because this is this is a film that I know nothing going into it. Were there any that you watched on there where you knew nothing going into, but were really surprised in either a good or maybe not so good way? Oh, definitely. We usually try to throw in a random movie every once in a while, and that has given us some really terrible movies and some surprisingly good ones. I think sometimes that can actually improve it because you don't have any expectations of it. But yeah, we've watched some sci-fi movies that were really low budget, but still well made. It's it's kind of whether or not the story and the visuals carry it. And uh, yeah, we watched... We watched Stalker and we found it really difficult. <laughs> yes, this is a... <laughs> um, that's probably one of the only Russian-made films I've ever seen. But uh, it's kind of embarrassing. Our our episode on it, we didn't know what was going on at all, and um, I think that. It's it's funny to look back on because I think we all still think about the movie from time to time because it's a it's a movie that kind of stays with you, which you know is a sign of you know good a good filmmaking. movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes but it, that that film does does hurt your head in fact it's the first uh, perhaps ill advisedly it was the first film that we ever did on 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 this on this show so oh great yeah great. so I can relate to the kind of like what is it that we're watching? Yeah. Um, <laughs> wasn't it Spencer that put you up to watching that one? Yes, it was. Yes. <laughs> uh, <okay. laughs> yes. Think... Uh, yeah, Sp- Spencer, for for listeners who haven't heard the entire back back catalogue, uh, he was my guest on the episode on uh, on Tsar. So go and go and check that out in the in the episode feed. Uh, sorry, uh, shameless plug there for my That's own show. Okay. <laughs> you're already listening to but never mind um yeah so 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 stalker was like a prize 
I'm not sure whether to call it a hit with you, but certainly like one that stayed with you, as you said. Were there any others that were kind of like that spring to mind that were like didn't know anything about them going in, but you know would really recommend to people? Yeah, um, we did one fairly early on that I think was really good. I think it might be one of our first episodes. Hmm. But um. Oh, what was what was the film called? It was called LFO. Oh, okay. Um, we knew nothing about that going into it. Um, I think we may have picked it at random, and it's a movie about a man who has the ability, the ability to hypnotize people through sound. Hmm. And it's it's really like low budget, but it's interesting. That's one I remember too a lot. Um, it's it's one that stuck with me as well that we didn't really know anything about going into it, and it was a foreign movie too. I think it might have been in German or I I'm trying to find out what language it was in. And sometimes the nice thing about about those films is is that if they don't have recognizable actors then sometimes it's easier to, it, and quicker to kind of bypass the fact that it's somebody that you know you know and you suspend your disbelief quicker rather than going oh it's Brad Pitt looking very right. Brad Pitt like <laughs> yeah Brad definitely Pittish. yeah it was a swedish film it turns uh, out um, okay but it was it was good it was interesting and we we knew nothing about it and then there were some that were older. I think we may have only done like one silent film on ours so far. Mm. Um, but I've watched other silent films just because. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, we should probably go and watch the film. Uh, but as we do at this stage in the show every time, we speak a little bit of Russian. And the word that we say is payechali, and we say that because it is what Yuri Gagarin said when he was blasting off to become the first man in space. Although, not the first man on Mars, because we still haven't done that yet. Never mind. Okay, so, okay. one, two, three, payechali! Payechali! back we have just watched Ailita uh, directed by Yakov Protozanov and before we talk about what we thought about it Sarah is just going to give us a quick summary of the plot so if you haven't watched the film and don't want to know what happens there will be spoilers now so you should probably go away and watch it so over to you Sarah okay um so the movie is set after the revolution in Russia, and there's a message that is received that 
is just a few words, and it's. Do you remember what it is exactly? Oh, I wrote it. I yeah. wrote it down. I wrote it down. Um, it is Anta Adjeli Uta. Yeah. Um, obviously, being a silent film, nobody says it, so we don't know how it's supposed yeah. to be pronounced, where the accents are. <laughs> but yes, it's something like that. So it's a. Uh, um, it's not quite. What is it? Clato something Nikto from um, Day of the Earth st- right, uh, stood still, right. but <laughs> it's something along those lines. It's made up alien language. Right. So yes, they receive this mysterious transmission. Um, yes, <laughs> from the red planet. So they're yeah, and they scientists, engineers trying to figure it out, trying to. Um, understand its meaning and then uh this man um it's basically he's the main character is an engineer yeah. question mark yes, yes. yeah and yeah. scientists <laughs> yeah and it's about him and his wife and some other roommates they have and some other friends they have through the rationing center yeah it's like a i I think they refer to it in the subtitles in the version i watched as being like a checkpoint right because it's set right at the end of or just after the end of the russian civil war so it's like late 1921 so i'm guessing this was like a because obviously like the reds control different bits of of, of Russia and the whites controlled other bits as the war went around. Presumably they used checkpoints and stuff to, you know, make sure that people weren't going where they didn't want right. them to. So that's what I guess that was okay. about. So they, they, um, it's kind of a funny, uh, movie because the plot is sort of about this man who is hoping to be able to make a spaceship and go to Mars, but it's also sort of um, propaganda. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. It's propaganda with a capital P, yeah. There's no sort of about it. It's it's pretty full on in places. Yeah, sometimes I I understate things. (laughs) That's one of my problems. (laughs) That's, That's all right. That's all right. I mean, you know, the British are famous for being the country of understatement. So, you know, I'm not really one to talk. So it's propaganda. um, And it's also kind of a comedy, the way silent films that were made in America sort of were at the time as well. Mm. Um, There's some comedic moments where... um, there's uh, some physical comedy. There's some mistaken identity sort of stuff. But um, the movie basically goes down one storyline that you think is happening and then changes course. I sh- Did you want me to yes. go beat, in- beat by beat into that? or um, You don't necessarily have to go into like the all the little tiny tangents but like okay like what's the main through line and then what are kind of like the i guess the amendments some yeah. of the subplots yeah yeah because we've got a lot of characters right in this movie. yeah so you see on mars there's a moment where they sort of say maybe there are people on mars thinking about us right now 
And then on Mars, yeah. they show you the queen and the royal subjects and the king and sort of with spectacular costumes. Um, yeah. And they are, they're being compared sort of to the aristocracy that existed in Russia too. They, they, they sure, do that yeah, yeah. Um, comparison of it. And then she is, the queen becomes sort of fixated on these people of earth that she's watching. Yeah, because they have their kind of equivalent science guy and he's basically invented a kind of telescope or watching device right. and that allows them to look down at earth and even spy on a particular point. So, you you, you know, you have her looking through this telescope and seeing Loss, who is the main Russian scientist guy, and his wife Natasha kissing on a balcony, and he's and she's kind of like, hmm, right, that's interesting, right. So she she then sort of begins um to fall for him, um, Loss, and throughout the story on Earth, Loss is jealous of his wife his wife has been interacting with someone at the rationing center or the checkpoint and and she doesn't seem interested in this man but he's sort of making passes at her and um, oh yeah majorly <laughs> can so. understatement <laughs> yeah yeah i mean he's he's i think he's a soviet official but it's clear he's a member of like the former like middle class pre-revolution or you know bourgeoisie right. as, as the soviets would call it but he's managed to secure himself a government job but he's a bit of a naughty boy yeah he um he has more than other people do and he's trying to get away with sort of having the what's the word the luxuries that he used to enjoy so he's yeah sure. and he keeps hitting on Loss's wife, Natasha. Is her name Natasha? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Natasha. And um, and she has this really eerie appearance in this movie. She, um, her eyes are almost like white or see through. I don't know if yeah, it looks that yeah, way yeah. for you, but no, it totally did. There was one particular shot where she was on the phone, yeah. and it almost looked. Yeah, I think that was partly like the copy we watched because I found like there's there's a bunch of different versions on YouTube and some of them admittedly were sharper than the one that we watched. Right. But um, but even even on the sharper ones, which I had a quick look at, yeah, she does have you know almost like translucent eyes. So I'm guessing they must have been like a really like pale like blue gray or something in real life. I mean, I have no idea, but right. Yes. So she has. As you say, very striking. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of moments in the movie where she seems almost, like, unnatural. Like, her appearance almost mm. seems like a like a ghost or a... Uh, I don't know what, but... Um, yeah. She is trying to refuse this guy who keeps making passes at her. But it seems like they're carrying on a friendship anyway. And her husband is just getting like more and more insecure and jealous. Oh yeah. Majorly so. Um Yeah. He's he's devastated. He keeps thinking that 
um, they're just showing his, I mean, it's a silent film, so you're seeing his reactions visually, but he really makes you see visually how upset he is. Um, yeah. And then basically the, the story we go down is that he leaves her for six months and is working on a job for the government basically the government yeah that's what i was thinking and then during that time this other man is still interacting with her she's very upset because he's left and from that point you're seeing the martians as well and on mars this very like modernist like Bauhaus kind of cubist looking place. The queen kills the king around this point. Is that right? Um, I don't think she, she doesn't did. do it. It's yeah. There's actually an adv- I think it's like an advisor or someone who gets who gets killed, and I think the king is right, later right. on in Sorry. the story. Yeah. But um, but yeah, there's there's kind of intrigues and her wanting to have more power and the king who's called Tuskub or you know ruler is saying you you can reign but you uh, but you're not going to rule. I think she's I think she's meant to be his daughter. Oh really? Uh, but she's also okay. queen as well. I could be wrong okay. about that. So uh, just edit this out. No, it's sure. Not the case. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's some sort of slightly odd like setup there. Yeah, and so there's they have like a council and and stuff. But you also see the treatment of like the Martian aristocracy, how they respond and how they act with their um, you know underclass workers. Yeah. Well, could you mention about that? Sure. What's going on there? Of course. Um and at this point you know she's sort of fixated on the earth man that she's been watching but they they decide that a third of their workers are going to just be put into a refrigerator and underground <laughs> yeah like put in stasis and you have this scene where they're like sliding down these chutes unconscious and then being like <laughs> loaded into these pods and i'm kind of like Wow. Wow. That's <laughs> not very ethical. Um. Yeah, they they definitely make the make the royals seem like they are they don't care about the human life at all in yeah. the lower class. And um yeah, they they make a decision across the board, regardless of circumstance, that the workers, uh, many workers, are going to be put into refrigeration or stasis. Until they're needed again, yeah. Right, until they need to reactivate them for their own purposes, yeah. But they don't, they don't care about their lives, at, those lives at all. No. And, um, they, that's right. Um, so at this point, I think this is when, on Earth, the husband comes home. Yeah. There have been a couple of letters back and forth, but, um, the the wife wanted to write him a letter that she decided not to. 
about just wondering if he was going to come back or that it's been so long and she hasn't heard from him. Yeah, or he's hardly contacted her at all over that period right. and that's kind of upset her, which, you know, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> right, I think, right. I think if uh, if I didn't write to my wife or my wife didn't write to me for that long and we were apart, it would be kind of like, what gives? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even no matter what what year it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. you, uh, you understand communication links in post-Civil War <laughs> Soviet Union are not great, but, you know, they're still, right. they're still making, a, making an effort in good faith. <laughs> right. I was just so busy with work. It's, you know... <laughs> Building the proletarian state is hard. It takes up, you know, most of your day. <laughs> yeah, they at the and the man who has been interacting with her is pulling off more um he he's kind of try, he's written um falsified documents to get extra rations that other people don't have. Oh, I like how they use real chocolate as a way. Mm. They use real chocolate to um, give to the girls. And he is still trying to be with Loss's... Is that how it's pronounced? Loss? I'm I'm guessing, yeah. 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 He's still trying to be with Natasha, and she's refusing him. Yeah. And uh, then... He comes home and he sees this, you see these like silhouettes, shadows on the wall, and it looks like she's kissed another, a man. Yeah. And he just loses it and throws everything on the ground and she comes down the stairs and he shoots at her. Yeah. And from this point, you see kind of a wake, funeral and um her body and i was just thinking well i guess she's dead yeah like this is this was my experience of it wow he killed his wife just now yes and um <laughs> oh but she did and she then, did go to that uh illegal um sort of aristocrat party underground aristocrat party which was very bad uh, oh right so you know right. she had it coming um <laughs> No, that's that's not what I think. <laughs> um, but yes. I like how they focused on the shoes, oh, like yeah. the fancy shoes, and then called back to like how the underprivileged like were looking for something to put together as a shoe. Yeah, and she thinks I, about that and kind of thinks, "Oh, yeah. I shouldn't be with these, you know, hoity-toity people who are, you know, going against the glorious new regime." Right. I thought that right. was quite effective, though, because it is, you know, it is a, it is kind of a fair point. You've got all of these people with all this money, you know, right down the road from people who are really, really struggling. Right. Yeah, it does. It does. That's still something that people can compare today. Oh, yeah. You know, basic, basic human needs that yeah. aren't being met versus th- these people living this opulent lifestyle with yeah. everything. Yeah. And so uh, we think, yeah, we're just at this point seeing her funeral and the man that was their friend um, with the beard. Do you remember what his character's name uh, was? Yes, uh, it's Spiridonov. And he's actually played by the same actor who plays Loss. 
I didn't realize that. I I was like, yeah, yeah. I was kind of like, hang on, and then yes. So yeah, loss assumes Spiridonov's identity because Spiridonov has, we learn, has fled the country, has just left. Um, Right. He's left Russia, which is very convenient. Um, Yeah. So he's he sort of comes back into um, his home and interacts with his um, friends as this other man. Yeah. And truthfully, I had no idea it was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> until later. But um, so he's interacting with them and he gets the plans for the spaceship and he starts to work on this trip to Mars that he's going to take. And he kind of seems business as usual, even though his wife has just been killed. Yeah. And (laughs) he's a murderer. Murderer. Yeah. And um, then who is this man? The detective that's... Oh, yeah. Like, follow... Oh, yes. That's one of the subplots. Yes. Right. They suspect that he murdered the woman... Um, they don't suspect that it's him, no. Loss, but they suspect that he killed her because of a glove they found. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing with the detective is it isn't like as straightforward and simple as he's a policeman looking for him. He's this guy who's an amateur detective who earlier on in the film we see like going to the police chief and saying, I want to be a detective. I want to work for you. Yeah. And... <laughs> The police chief is like, no, I've told you like three times already. You don't have w- <laughs> you, what it takes. Go away. Leave us not, alone. You're not cut out for this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stop crying. Yeah. It's just like, but it's my dream. <laughs> so he just goes and does some like vigilante detectiving, if that's even a thing. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's doing his amateur sleuthing thing. And we also have another like sort of subplot character who's along for the ride who's you know very important on mars that's right they do you mean simultaneously on mars there's another side character or when Um, they get to mars on on earth there's a there's another uh side character who we've kind of been introduced to who ends up going along with loss to mars that's right is he one of the roommates or is he just someone that they know? He's just someone that they know who just happens to be in the city. Um, as far as I could tell, who's just like passed through Moscow, like after the fighting. And he's he's like a like recently discharged soldier. He's called Gusev. And yeah, he's kind of like really committed revolutionary fighter. Yeah, he... He's, yeah, kind of an activist and really involved in the movement. Uh, personally, he, yeah. ca- he cares a lot about moving the people. Yeah. And yeah. Um, he's not just some guy who just got drafted in because it's like, you're a man of the right age, get in the Red Army. Um, he's, right. You know, he's really, he's really up for it. So, so um, at this point, they basically make the journey to mars and as soon as they get there it's like they have the telescope on mars 
that they can see down, they can see basically everything from there. Yeah. And they know where the ship is going to land, and they're just right there when they open the door, like, at Mars. (laughs) They look through this really... Uh, everything is very sculptural on the Martian planet, but the the telescope is like this has these like metal spines coming off of it, like a whisk or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the and uh, when they arrive, the queen is right away. Um, oh, they do the reveal of identity. I think before that, yes. is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. lost takes <laughs> off his beard. Uh, yeah. Yes, the de- detective ends up like stowing away on on the ship, and also like right before the ship takes off, Loss says to Gusev, "Do you want to join me on this on this mission to Mars?" And Gusev's like, "Yeah, I'm really bored now that the war is finished. I mean, he's just got married. We see him like, get married in the yeah. least least romantic marriage cer- ceremony you'll ever see on film, probably ever, <laughs> ever of all time." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they didn't even really talk much before. No. <laughs> they were just kind of like, you, you're okay. Yeah, you're okay. Let's go get the document. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's how we roll, like, in the, in the Soviet Union, like, immediately. <laughs> we don't need any of that, like, religious gubbins. No. <laughs> Sign on the dotted line, please. Right, you're hitched. Off you go. It's it's like not even as formal as going to like a like a <laughs> justice of the peace. It's more yeah, like yeah, getting yeah. their ration card. Like yeah. 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 Okay, man and wife. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And the detective guy, um, he says that you know, he's arresting the guy for murder. Yeah. And he just pulls off his beard, like you said, and he's like, you're stupid. You didn't even know who I was. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's also like, I don't remember whether this was actually at the point where the ship was blasting off or whether it was just, just before. It was kind of like, uh, do you have an arrest warrant? And the guy was oh, like... Oh, right. Makes this play of looking for it. And he goes, No. <laughs> yet <laughs> uh, i think right i guess this... you can't arrest me then <laughs> right yeah uh. so the, so when they arrive at mars um the queen really quickly just makes a play for him oh yeah and wants him to kiss her show, show me how to kiss like right away yeah yeah, yeah. and he has no problem with it. And at first I'm like, okay, you murdered your wife and you're just like, okay, I'll I'll be with this Queen Martian Alien right woman. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alien. Yeah. And then you see that he's imagining it's his wife. Yeah. Which is kind of another layer. Yeah, a little a little, <laughs> a little bit creepy weird, yeah. Yeah. That's like a layer within a layer. Um, a fantasy. Um, so basically, he's picturing his wife and saying, "I'm so sorry, I hurt you, or whatever." I didn't mean to murder murder you, honest. <laughs> I just got <laughs> carried mean, away. <laughs> didn't mean to murder you in a jealous rage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! And then 
so he's he's with the queen and they tell the queen right they start to get the queen educated about the cause yes about their cause and how mars can be improved because the workers need to be liberated and they need to share the wealth and <laughs> it's kind of funny because at this point you uh, i've yeah i kind of I I don't know if I've meant if you know this, but I I lived in China when I was younger. No, no. Um, with my family, and uh, the I do have some experience living in a communist country. <laughs> oh wow! And this this moment where they were sort of saying like you can be as good as we are by doing this, it it reminded me of other movies that I saw when I was living in China where. Gotcha. There there are certain things that you can say and can't say, and the propaganda, yeah, it's like a sneaky propaganda they would do um, yeah. under the guise of a different style of movie. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I understand, you know, they're just doing what they, what they can, um... And I and I think it must have been difficult for artists. Um, oh yeah, to work within those constraints. It's really not freedom of speech. Yeah, um, it's like you say this, or you don't get to say you don't get a platform. You don't get to say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, yeah. Then at this point, they're trying to um, revolutionize Mars. Yeah, <laughs> and so at that point. The queen says, I'm with you guys. Let's do this. Let's redistribute the wealth, liberate the workers. The, everyone is going to be free and equal or whatever you want to say. Yeah, and I'll lead this revolution thing. <laughs> right, right. And then the other, the man who's traveled to Mars with Loss is like, I don't... Yeah, Gusev. He's like, I don't buy this. <laughs> yeah, not, mm, I don't think we can have a queen leading a revolution. That's not how these things work. That's not how a revolution works. Yeah, but I mean, Loss is kind of cool with it because, yeah, he's having a relationship with her. He's like, she's cool. She's radical. She gets it. And uh, yeah, he and he's kind of imagining her as his wife still in his head yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, then after after the workers get out of stasis, is that kind of like Yeah, I wasn't even sure how they ended up all waking Me neither. Up, but... <laughs> yeah, they were all there were a lot of low uh working class out and um and then the queen quickly changes her tune and says i think you know i'm in charge and she like changes it back again she tries to say i'm ruling everyone because at this point is the king dead at this point i think he might be you've had like this big i'm not sure this big battle like melee where it's quite hard to tell what's going on and then eventually it looks like the workers have have won and then Ailita says, okay, you've won. Now everyone, you can all throw down your weapons as we won't need them on Mars anymore. 
Um, and then oh, everyone right, does. right, right. He takes away the weapons. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that point. And then she's like, okay, soldiers, go kill all of these guys. And Gustav's kind of like, we knew it. It was your plan all along. And right. Yes. And so the workers eventually win, I think. Um, yeah, they do. They even- they're eventually... They overthrow her. Yeah. And at that point... Oh, literally, he he knocks her off of a ledge, doesn't he? I think that's right, yeah. Loss then kills the queen yes. of Mars. Because she betrayed him by not really caring about the people. Right, right. <laughs> so that's yeah, two so he, women he's murdered. Right, two murders. And then um, at that moment... You're at a. They're at the train station, and yep, he's back in Moscow, <laughs> right? And he says to his friend who shows up, "Oh, I've been daydreaming again. I murdered my wife." Yeah, and 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 I was surprised that this was all just a daydream that he had. Um, I know it's like. I was watching the end of the film with my wife and it's kind of like, it's like the 11 year old, you know, you have to write a story in class. Oh no, I've written myself into a corner. How do I fix it? Right. (laughs) Right. You're, you're like, I don't know where I can go from here. Well, I can say I didn't do it at all. This is, this was just a fantasy. Yeah. It's funny because he's fantasized that the queen is his wife within his fantasy of killing his wife. Yeah, although from what they said, you get the impression that he did shoot at his wife. It's just he didn't hit her. And so she didn't die after all. Um, Yeah. We we see that he goes back home to her and he's like, I'm so sorry I shot at you. I'm glad I missed. (laughs) <laughs> well, and, that's all right then. <laughs> all happy yeah. families. <laughs> yeah, that that is crazy that that was the moment where reality stopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like the whole like shooting his wife thing was was like part <laughs> of the too. fantasy. <laughs> no, that was real. It was just the whole dying bit. Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> and that's basically it for the movie. Although we do see Gusev. Uh, goes off on a train with Marsha, his new wife, to go to the Far East. Right. To, uh, like, presumably continue the workers' struggle over there. Um, so, yeah, that's, right. that's, that's the movie. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> they do seem happy at the end. Oh, yeah. But yes. you're kind of thinking, oh, my gosh. They're having some issues. I don't think it's necessarily happy ever after. No, no. <laughs> at least, at least you know, from a contemporary reading. Um, so, I mean, probably listeners will have like a fair idea just from the way that we've been talking about the movie, like our feelings about it. But would you say you liked it? Yeah, I did like it. I thought that it was kind of... I think it was an artistic challenge for the people who made it. And Mm. I think that working within the confines of what you're allowed to say and not allowed to say, that they really did express themselves. Um, I know that maybe since it's a propaganda type of 
movie, it must have been difficult. Yeah, like, just to hammer, no pun intended, well, pun kind of intended, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there is literally a bit towards the end of the movie where you see someone, like, mashing out a sickle with a hammer, and then he puts the sickle down and then kind of lays the hammer down on top of it so you get the hammer and sickle emblem and it's just like, okay, we get it, we get it. Yeah, yeah, they really do... The Soviet Push Union on is cool in you guys' head, and we should be totally on board with that. We we know we we got it. You know, workers <laughs> of all, of the world unite. Blah blah blah. Uh, right, right. That part I could have done without. I mean, yes. the vi- visually, <laughs> that part where they're hammering out the sickle, they've done that like in reverse, mm. and it does look kind of cool. Oh, um, is that how they I, did it? You think? Yeah, gotcha. I do. But it, it it looks it looks cool. Yeah, it's a it's a cool image. It's just like it's that it's you're like so this on is, the nose. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't give you room to perceive what you want to from it. It's just like this is this is what we want you to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think artistically, the costumes and the acting and even the story are pretty well done. For being a propaganda movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I would agree with you. Apart from, like, I found the the story was, like, I thought the initial, like, first ten, ten minutes or so, that was kind of, like, good setup. And then for kind of 40 minutes or, you know, even 50 minutes or thereabouts, you have, like, lots of meandering about and all these kind of, like, subplots and characters that they're introducing... And it's not that it's incredibly hard to follow, but there's just an awful lot going on. And you're kind of like, right, okay, why is this important? And then, you know, it gets to Mars at the end, and then it's kind of exciting again, but you've kind of, at least the way I felt, is that it's kind of a chore for for quite a bit until you you get back to the kind of the Mars stuff. That's true. But It seems... Yeah, it seems that they kind of had different stories going on at the same time, and some of it was extraneous, that it was just sort of... Um, and there were there were other shorter cuts, I think, on YouTube. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, like, what what those had in them, if they cut down some of the pedestrian stuff of yeah. their daily life um yeah in russia i had a quick look at it and i wondered whether it was just that they that those versions were slightly uh sped up that it was the same content just everyone moving like faster uh-huh yeah like the one we watched was like an hour and 50 and some of the other ones that you see are like an hour and 20 an hour and 25 right also, the, the cut we watched wasn't, as we mentioned already, wasn't super clear. And there are, like, clearer versions out there. But unfortunately, all the uh, title cards are in are in Russian. So um right. makes things a little bit a little bit tricky. And they're only kind of flashing up. So even, like, with my level of Russian, I had to have paused it just to actually make sure I was actually reading them properly. So, um, right. yes. So, yeah, different versions out there. Yeah, I mean... I I agree with you like in terms of the the sets they were they were they were cool I think especially the sets actually I do too I think I think they were amazing Yeah which for a movie that's nearly 100 years 
years old. I mean, they're clearly they're clearly set. No one's going to be like you know mistaking those for landscapes. But yeah, it just they just look amazing. The angles and like the textures and I guess the perspectives and stuff and the way that they make these rooms look really huge. They did. They did a really good job. Um, they made it, yeah, multi-dimensional space. Yeah, that worked, and you could tell that it wasn't. Some of it could have been a facade, but mm. some of it was really built well, and um, and very architectural and interesting and creative, and. Um, I actually hadn't heard of this style, which I'm kind of... Shame on me, I'm an artist. Um, but the style they said it was online is... Uh, let's see. Would it be constructivist? Yes, constructivism. Yeah, yeah, that was super popular in the like first decade of the, of the Soviet Union. And then like later on, you get more into a, like what's sometimes referred to as, as Stalinist Gothic. Right. Which also, you know, despite its associations, produced some cool buildings. Um, but yeah, constructivism is more interesting and more like unique because, as the name implies, Stalinist Gothic is kind of like. I mean, I don't even know whether that term was used contemporarily in the Soviet Union. I suspect not, but that's what it tends to be referred to now. Is that stuff kind of harks back to like medieval Gothic churches? but just with hammers and sickles everywhere. It's kind of that sort of ornate thing and not like the sort of clean lines and, you know, sharp angles that you've got with constructivism. Again, I'm not yeah. an architect, but it's 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 a cool visual style. I would love to go there and see buildings that look like this if they're still standing. I just thought that was amazing looking. Um... Yeah, I mean, there's... I think the the years haven't been particularly kind to constructivist buildings, but there are still there are still a few about. I mean, uh, I'm trying yeah. to remember the name of those um, and whether it strictly falls within constructivism, but there's like this... It's bugging me that I can't remember what it's called, but there's like this, this sort of small round um, house just in the centre of Moscow that's... It, it's, it's almost like a short squat lighthouse never mind i can i can put it in the show notes is it the workers club um no it's no. it's like it's meant to be oh it's there we go it's the melnikov house oh cool um because it's 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 meant to be like either an individual or like a small like social group living space and it's all circular <laughs> i'm not doing a very good job of describing it but it that's it is kind of cool so cool that is so cool. Yeah. Um, um and what about the costumes? Cuz they oh, are, they were incredible. They're super out there. Like just watching it with Carrie, I was joking that all of the doors in in the um kind of Martian palace are as wide and as tall as they are <laughs> in order to accommodate everyone's like especially the women's spectacular headdresses that they have. Right. <laughs> the headdresses, the the skirts that have these or pant legs that have these giant metallic spindles coming off of them yeah um, yeah it's almost and... like carrie said it's almost like hammer pants but like geometric <laughs> exactly exactly um geometric hammer pants that's so good <laughs> they're, they're, they're all they're all the rage cubist <laughs> all the rage Cubi- <laughs> 
<laughs> Modernist cube cubist hammer pants. Yeah. Um and the Oh, they're, but they were so spectacular. Yeah. I feel like they were all made in um, a style where they could kind of just take them off and lay them down flat mm. from the way the constructed, like, part of them looked. And they basically had these headpieces and just really amazing. The men had these kind of lucite-looking... Um, kind of barrels around them yeah. for their armor and they were kind of reminiscent of something yeah some some other movies in that time yeah i was gonna say like metropolis or like i'm trying to think of something else that you could compare it to sure i mean the weird comparison i had with with the with the male costumes was they it sounds bizarre but they almost look like kind of like space romans like like they have oh yeah they kind of almost like their body armor looks kind of similar to the the sort of roman breastplate but also like the casting decisions like all the martians have these quite like hard features and these long aquiline or like roman noses and because they're like really sort of militaristic and they have this funny salute that they do it's like right they kind of it's hard to describe but like they they sort of like crook their arm across their their body so like i forget whether it's a left arm or a right arm but they kind of hold their arm up in front of their body but like put their hand in front of the opposite shoulder um, right and it's kind of like it's a bit it's a bit of a sort of because of the association you have with you right know, military salutes and being a bit fascisty i mean obviously the movie's made before um mm-hmm that was really a thing. I mean, it might have been just getting it, getting itself off the ground in Italy, but, you know, the whatever. <laughs> That's a massive right. tangent. But there is kind of right. like this clear, like, military thing going on about about the society anyway. But yeah, it is a very striking look, though. The This part, the costumes reminded me of... Um, I don't know if you've seen um coco chanel and igor stravinsky no but i i've i've heard about it because they they had uh they had a relationship didn't they yeah i i love coco chanel but um in this in that movie there's a point which is not really a huge plot point hmm. but they both work on a ballet like stravinsky does the music for a ballet and she does the costumes hmm. and that that sort of scene with the ballet kind of reminded me of the style in this movie. Um, gotcha. And speaking of Stravinsky, I think, like, because this movie doesn't have, like, a fixed... Because it's a silent movie, it doesn't have a fixed soundtrack. Like, the version we watched had, like, a piano sort of crashing away. But I think one of the versions, or, like, one of the releases that they did of the film, or re-releases, had music from... Uh, a bunch of different Russian composers. I think Stravinsky was among them. So, yeah, yeah, it would almost be fun to go back and and listen with different versions of the soundtrack because the, the version we watched it wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I, I thought about that later after we talked yesterday. That I, I do really like Russian composers that I can think of, but. Um, 
but the this the style in this reminded me of that part in Coco Chanel and Igor Stravinsky. Um, and the the costumes also kind of reminded me of like Erte or something. Um, oh, I don't even know what that is. Erte? Yeah. He he was a fashion designer, um, illustrator. Okay. And um, I think he was more deco period, but oh, sure. um, okay. more deco movement. Yeah, which is a little bit later, isn't it? Like I want to say, see. like late late twenties, early thirties. <laughs> I've... Yeah, it's it's sort of everything is drawn uh, with sort of um, smooth lines, but also hard lines. Mm. The way these costumes were, yeah, it's very sharp and jaggedy. And I mean, like Ailita's one of her headdresses, like literally, she could poke your eye out. <laughs> oh yeah, the head the headdresses were great. Those kind of were more. That reminded me of like Man Ray or like the modernist sculpture type jewelry that Calder did, or but they were they were incredible uh, for being their own thing at their own time in Russia with the style that they were using in this movie. I think they were super creative and amazing. Yeah, because I mean it's. As I've as I've said, I've I found bits of watching the film kind of a chore just to get through, but I'm still glad I watched it because just some of the visuals were stuff I haven't I haven't seen elsewhere, you know, and it was it was kind of yeah, the the scenes on Mars, it's a bit hokey and the revolutionary stuff is a bit like, yeah, yeah, we get it, but it's just cool to look at. It is. Yeah. That was really cool. And I even think that the main uh, couple on Earth, that they had a really cool style about them. Mm. But they they sort of seemed like, even though they were part of the movement, that they looked a little bit Hollywood for the time. And it's probably just because it was a movie and they were the leading stars. Yeah, yeah. But um, I was like, they're they're made to be a little bit more glamorous i think even though they're not supposed to be the upper class or anything sure sure and i thought yulia uh Saver, who's the actor who plays ailita herself she's very very striking yeah um it actually turns out like this is just random trivia that i thought i'd insert well she didn't act in a bunch more films i don't think but she did go on to be become like um a a director so she did documentary films in the 40s and then went into like cinematic like drama films in the in the 50s and 60s and you know had a pretty decent career by all accounts in in directing which you know considering there's not a bunch of women working as directors at that time period I mean there's still not as many as that should be but yeah yeah they've actually made the transition so I'd definitely want to check out some of her movies like later on on the podcast so that was that was a cool thing to discover just in my like random research yeah whilst we're on the kind of the trivia uh, the guy who plays Gusev is he's called Nikolai Batalov I was like ah Batalov that's a name uh, surname I recognize 
and it turns out he's the uncle of an of another Russian famous Russian actor called Alexei Batalov, who just died last year or the year before. But he was in Oh wow. Yeah, he was in Moscow Does Not Believe in Tears, which won like uh, we covered it on the podcast uh, earlier on, but that, that won the best best foreign language picture Oscar for I think it's nineteen eighty. And he was also in quite a few big Russian movies in like the late fifties, early sixties. So yeah, there's kind of like a family, like acting connection there. So uh, yes, you kind of have acting dynasties in Russia as well. So that was interesting. Even though his character was probably like the hardest to connect to. I mean, he yeah. was he was kind of a fun character because we do have this. <laughs> he's he's like every so often he'll uh, whip out. Um, a hum, uh, not a harmonica, a an accordion, and start playing, playing this these songs. And he even, you know, on his trip to Mars, he brings his accordion along so that he can impress impress the Martian ladies with his uh, with his skills. <laughs> despite the fact he's just got married, it was kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah, the relationships were kind of all over the place, and yeah, um, silly. I. I think that that is sort of the way they were in silent movies sometimes, that they just had, yeah. Super melodramatic. How did you feel about the treatment of the female characters, in, especially? In this movie? Yeah, yeah. Um, There was a point where I felt kind of scared for her, Natasha, not because her husband murders her, <laughs> but because, <laughs> yep, yep. But because she, <laughs> but because she's left alone and... It seems like she doesn't have anyone really looking out for her except this man who keeps trying to get with her. Yeah. And and I did feel a little... I felt if you were a woman in that time, in that situation, that it could have been very, very difficult. Mm, um, mm. If not, you know, you know, horrible. I don't know... And in the in that time period, it wasn't great for women anywhere. But no. um, but in a situation where there's been a revolution, you don't have a husband with you watching, you know what's going on, and there's a man who's pursuing you this intently. Yeah. Um, it seems scary to me for a minute, even yeah. though it's a very lighthearted movie. I there was a moment where I did feel kind of like, ooh, that would be uncomfortable. Yeah, definitely. A lot of arm grabbing goes on, like men just yanking women's arm and be like, come over here or go over there. It's just like, <laughs> leave her alone. Don't yank let's her arm. Go get the, let's go get the card that says we're married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it also kind of paints women as devious, too. Uh, yeah, just a bit in the case, especially, especially in the case of Ailita. Yeah, right. Yeah, super right. sneaky. Yeah, the wife too. They make her seem a little bit um, too comfortable with just going out to a dance with someone who isn't her husband. She is reluctant about it, but I think that they they sort of make it seem like she's not thinking about him. Or yeah, it's his perspective. They they're definitely saying. This is his experience of her actions, not yeah. not her experience of her own actions. Yeah, it's kind of like it's. I don't know that you'd say it goes as far as like justifying his trying to shoot her, but it, it does kind of paint it in a way like it's kind of like, 
well, it's kind of understandable that he kind of lost it, right? Because yeah. she was being bad. I got that feeling that, you know, oh, serves her right for not considering his needs more. Yeah. That, you know, he would fly off the handle. Yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't really reflect, like, well on how the film perceives men either. Like, the fact that right. they're just these temper beasts who can't, you know... Yeah, everyone is a little bit um, melodramatic, like you were saying. Um, the men and the women. That's that's, def- that's definitely that's definitely fair. Yeah, uh, I think I mentioned it already, but when Gusev just he's just got married, and then like five minutes later, he's. I mean, I think it's meant to be a few months, but he's just like. <laughs> I'm so bored. I've set up four Soviet republics and now I'm rotting away here. And it's kind of like, you think you'd just be happy that you've just married somebody, you know? Right. <laughs> right. He's like, and and he just like randomly bumps into Loss and Loss says, do you want to go to Mars? And he's like, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's no like, uh, I mean, it sounds like a good opportunity, but I should probably, you know, discuss this with my spouse to get her perspective is like nope i'm going so or let her know like let yeah say i'm not gonna be here for a while i and i he doesn't even question it either that's kind of funny that he's just like however we're gonna get there i believe you and we're gonna go do that he doesn't even have a question about like oh you built a spaceship or anything yes yeah Uh, have you had a practice mission how you know have you managed to get to mars and come back fine (laughs) have you tested it out yeah 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 Yeah. mars isn't that kind of far um (laughs) this is something we can do Yeah, yeah yeah and it is the film almost portrays it like he builds a spaceship overnight almost like or yeah. like it's like three days and like right okay the blueprints worked fine no testing i mean <laughs> i'm glad the movie wasn't any longer but it was kind of like oh, oh my right, goodness right. <laughs> yeah that's true i didn't need to be any longer it could have been shorter but, definitely um, definitely i think that the there is funny there there are funny moments in it that i think some of them weren't intentional and some of them were but but I think the ones that were intentional were pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah. I liked humorous. I liked there was a bit early on where um Loss's colleagues kind of rib him for always thinking about Mars and they're kinda of like, Oh, maybe the message is from Mars and then they kind of all do this like throwing back their heads with heads with laughter and it is genuinely yeah. funny. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so do you think you'd recommend this to people, or you know, at least some people? I would. I would. Uh, I would recommend it to people, especially people who either like silent films or art, because I have a lot of friends who are artists who really enjoy seeing different designs, and I'll probably recommend it to a few of them. Oh, cool. Well, I'm really glad that this hasn't been just like a a total. A total chore, because I mean, I definitely, there were points, um, especially the first half, where I was kind of like, why do I do this to myself? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I was thinking, I hope Sarah's not thinking I'm just wasting two hours of her life as well. But no, it is, it's... There are hard bits of the movie, but there are entertaining bits too. And as as you say, it's, it's gorgeous to look 
at in places. So it's the kind of thing you feel like you can recommend to people, but just like heavy, heavily caveated. Like you don't necessarily need to watch the whole thing, and you're definitely not watching it because the storyline is amazing or right. anything. Um, it's mainly the the like the style, I would say anyway. Yeah, I think that's true. And I haven't actually watched Pandora's Box yet, but some of the images I've seen from that reminded me of this too. Okay, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to have a look for that. Is that is um, I've I've not actually. That's not what what I'm actually aware of. Is that from a similar time period then? Yeah, I think so. Um, okay, it's uh, let's see, it's from 1929. Oh, okay, yeah, so like about five years later. So yeah. I wonder the wo- the woman um, who's in it even looks a little bit similar to the queen, but this hmm. is a German silent film. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because uh, yeah, Germany was also very famous for its silent cinema work as well. Of course, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there was a lot of interesting art that was happening in that same time period too. Yeah. All right. Well. Thank you so much, Sarah, for for being a guest and you know going on this <laughs> this rather eccentric space voyage. Um, before you go, is there anything that you would like to direct people's attention towards? Um, you know, on the internets. Oh sure. Um, thank you for having me, and um, I really liked the movie. Uh, if anyone is interested in seeing other work, I'm a part of. My art website is sarahkathleenroberts.com, and that's uh, Sarah with an H, Sarah Kathleen Roberts. And that is also my Instagram name, and I do mainly watercolor work. But I also am a part of the podcast, Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space. I think we mentioned that. Yes. And that's um, something I do with Joel and Aaron as co-hosts and... We do a sci-fi fantasy movie each week, and it's pretty fun. We end up with a a lot of interesting movies to comment on and to talk about. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely an eclectic selection. Right. (laughs) It's it's, uh, funny that we we end up in, you know, sometimes very low-budget, cheesy movies we're watching, or really every once in a while something really creative and artistic too um but yeah it's a fun it's a fun project if you're interested in something else yeah so you should definitely definitely check those out okay well thanks again sarah and thanks everyone for listening and das vidanya das vidanya So that's it for this episode, but before I go, I'd like to thank Sasha Ilukovic and the Highly Skilled Migrants for the use of their song Cold in our intro. You can find that song and the rest of their back catalogue on Bandcamp and Spotify. Speaking of music, what you can hear behind me is Italian duo Gamers in Exile's brilliant modern score for Aelita, Queen of Mars, and you can find a version of the film with that soundtrack at the link in the show notes. Please do check it out. It's incredibly evocative and great. If you're enjoying the show, please consider supporting us by leaving a rating at Apple Podcasts or at podchaser.com. 
that second one, Podchaser, even lets you rate individual episodes. So if this episode particularly stood out to you, you can let other listeners know that you enjoyed it. Recommending the show on social media is hugely helpful as well. If you can spare a moment or two to do that, it would really make my day. Thank you, thank you very much. Speaking of social media, please find us and say hi on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. You can also drop us a line at roosfilesunite at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, take care of yourselves and bye for now.